Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honoured if you would join us. What is going on? Welcome to Spark a Rebellion team. This is the weekly Star Wars show coming from a galaxy really bloody close to Barnsley. Sheffield to be precise, that's where I'm sat right now. And we are going to dive deep today. It's going to be a slightly different type of episode. My good friend, co-pilot, the wildest Wookiee in the galaxy, is actually somewhere else today. He's not with me, which I'm gutted about. I need to go and find him, probably go liberate his home world this weekend if I can and try and bring him back. But he is away. He will be back next week as usual so with me this week i've got two special things going on we're going to do a rise of skywalker final trailer watch through so you can watch this trailer along with us we're going to play the trailer reactions and all as we go through this episode and joining me today is someone that i was only introduced to by a mutual friend gem last week it is dj trev from the sheffield how are you doing dude i'm all right mate i'm not from sheffield you I'm what? From Harrogate. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'd get skinned alive from the good people of Harrogate if I didn't say, you know, it's Harrogate. I can't I believe this. I just work in Sheffield. Oh, uh, I can't speak. I feel like I've been duped. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I bloody like Harrogate. It's all good. It's, it's Harrogate's just, you know, like a posh, uh, I was going to say shithole. And then <laughs> I went, oh, you're not allowed to swear. And then I'm like, no, you said I could swear. So yeah, it's like a posh shithole. Yeah, you can it's swear. It's the best kind of shithole, really. It is. Um, but no, I, I love Harrogate. It's very nice. Uh, and... Uh, I think, unlike most people from Harrogate, I'm actually really glad to live there, which is banging. Well, that's yeah. all right. And you're glad to work in Sheffield. I've got no doubt about that. That's I pretty like sweet. Sheffield as well. A lot, lot of personality in Sheffield. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a nice big city, but not so big that it just becomes, you know, non-stop cost of Starbucks, nothing else. I mean, there's chicken stop, isn't there? So. Oh, everyone likes a chicken stop. You can get a, uh, get a nice Greg's any time of day. Now, we're doing things a little bit differently. We are in the Rebel Base Media studio as normal, which is where we ordinarily record. We've got Gem in the studio. We've got people kind of outside working in the studio so you might hear a little bit of clattering a little bit of drinking a little bit of doors and stuff like that we're doing this kind of a i didn't know they'd be drinking well uh, we've got some uh, i think we've got some ockentoshin actually uh, i've got to drive back to harrogate you see all right okay let's and go to tequila again one, by the time i get back there they're gonna expect a certain <laughs> level of decorum oh i don't know about that it's harrogate good lord <laughs> so honestly guys this is a bit of a watch party we're having a bit of a watch party with the rise of skywalker final trailer so we're going to dig into that in a second you might hear the trailer in the background i don't think you will because of the way the audio is but you will hear reactions we're going to tell so, you when we've paused it and when we're playing it and we're going to be diving in and reactions this is going all. to be the second time I've watched this right Is it? I, I suspect you'll have watched it a lot more. Most of my mates have uh, in the community. I don't tend to go mental with trailers because I don't... You know how there's some people who want to watch a thing and then work out a theory about it and then work out a theory based upon the shoulders of that theory and then go on there and then get really upset when none of that happens? You know, I mean, it's arguably happened with The Last Jedi and loads of people selling up their toys and that's yeah. it. Never, ever, ever setting foot into a cinema again to watch Star Wars. I don't want to do that. I try and manage my expectations, <laughs> keep it dialed down. Based upon... And I, st- I liked Episode 1, Phantom Menace, but I remember watching that and you remember the bit where um, Palpatine, well, it was Sidious at the time, 
wipe them out, all of them. That bit there, I'm going, oh, my, this is going to be the Jedi Purge. They're going to do the Jedi Purge in the first episode. <laughs> How are they going to do that? So I spent months then wondering what were the other episodes going to be and all that. And then obviously, wipe them out, all of them, was about the Gungans. And he didn't even manage that, did he? Exactly. So, he can't even get that right. He can't even wipe out the Gungans. We could all do that one. Uh, I'm a Jar Jar fan. Jar, I'm putting this on the table right now. Oof. I like Jar Jar. I am one of two collectors that I'm aware of in the entire collecting world who has a Jar Jar focus. And it's a good shelf. It's probably the best shelf I've got. I love this. I love this. Well, we're going to dig into that in a second. Now, what you guys can't see is that DJ Trev, or AKA Trev, I'm just going to... You can, you can just can call, just call you DJ. Fine. Uh, you can call me DJ if you want, but I'll feel like a character in Roseanne. So. Oh, all right. Okay, fine. Trev is fine. Be like that. But what you can't see is that Trev is, is obviously a huge Star Wars fan, as given away by the tattoo on his right elbow, which is a long time ago in a galaxy far. Now you, spot, you managed to read it, even oh, though it's wait. angled so that I can read it, just when I'm feeling low. When I'm, and it's upside down as well. I always consider getting the, uh, the Green Lantern uh, chant. On, on my arm as well. And then I realised that that's actually quite long. Yeah. And you're going to have to go around to the other yeah. arm. <laughs> and I've only got skinny arms as well, yeah. so I probably need to do a leg as well. I, I sort of think if you're going to get something tattooed on you, like words, I want to be able to read it. That's why it's upside down. Because I don't care about anybody else. And I don't, you know, some Joe on bus is creaking the neck to look at my tattoos. Just ask. That's actually quite genius thinking about it. Because it is, and it is like the Star Wars blue as well, which is quite cool. It took us a while to get that turquoise right. Yeah. I bet it did. I bet it did. Well, tell us a little bit about Star Wars. Obviously, Collector, huge fan. Tell us just like what's your what's your life with Star Wars? Star so Wars. It's I mean it's mainly toy collecting. Um, I've I don't particularly do some of the expanded universe. Now I used to do the uh, EU, um, but when Disney went, oh, actually that's all just Legends now. I spent several months just killing my brain cells so that I forgot that knowledge. Uh, you know, like in elementary where he's going, I've got to empty my brain so that I can put more information in there. I did that, bang my head against the wall, abused all kinds of substances, just to forget all that stuff about, <laughs> yeah, is it the U, Yuzen Vong? I don't even know, yeah, is that how you yeah, pronounce Yuzen it? Vong, yeah. Already forgotten, just that's gone. Um, splinters of the Mind Eye, gone. I still do uh, droids and Ewoks because it's only a matter of time until those animations come back into canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're playing a really long game. Uh, there's quite a few pointers in the droids and Ewoks that go, well, this actually could be canon. We just don't know what time it's set in. Um, and they're the fun bits to collect toys-wise. The Ewoks and droids figures, whilst really expensive, are kind of the best ones um, because they're a bit naff which is what I like about Star Wars. I don't want it to be perfect. I want it to be slightly be- believable but unbelievable. I like the gonk droid. I've got a gonk droid tattooed here. I thought that was a gonk. Yeah, I could see it under your watch. Because it's nonsense. It's a ridiculous case of bin that walks around and says gonk. That's amazing. But that's, yeah, well, that is amazing. That when that was what first hooked me in. Like, I think most kids, when you're watching it, you're going, there's a bin there walking around saying gonk. I don't know that it's a movable power supply thing. It just seems like something that seems incredibly unlikely. Therefore, I believe it. Yeah, I love Um, that. Gaz and I actually, so we featured the gonk droid in one of the random spotlights, but the hilarity of all of this stuff is like all the stuff that we tend to find is quite interesting in Star Wars is generally the stuff that you you wouldn't think would stick. Hmm. So like the blue milk, like no one ever thought that that would stick. It was just a way of just differentiating the Star Wars world. in a world. different place, yeah. Yeah, you, this is a different galaxy, it's a different planet, so we'll make the stuff they're drinking, which is blatantly milk, we'll make it blue. And then suddenly it's become a thing. 
And I think that's what the Star Wars universe really does massively well. It's, I mean, it's one of the reasons that I particularly like Jar Jar Binks, because it started out as an ironic thing to wind up other collectors, but now you're meeting the next generation of collectors, the kids who were 20, so they were naught when Jar Jar Binks emerged, and they've grown up with him forever, so they take Jar Jar Binks as seriously as we take C-3PO. Mm. And then you've got to remember, C-3PO was a ridiculous character. You know, this camp droid mincing around not getting shot doesn't make any sense whatsoever but we all because we grew up with it we all went yeah that makes we just total, accepted it yeah total sense and the kids look at Jar Jar Binks and go yeah it's a disco deer why wouldn't there be a disco deer <laughs> that makes complete sense and I think in you know the new films there's going to be things that you know our generation of people are going that's not ideal but the kids who are growing up with it, they'll be like, yeah, that's fantastic. You yeah, know, obviously the BB-8 cigarette lighter yeah. that's, makes complete sense. <laughs> um, and that's what I like about Star Wars is the, you know, you take the rough with the smooth and you get it all and there's some bits that you don't like. And sometimes some of the bits that I initially don't like end up being my favourite bits. Well, it's like uh, it's like Lucas said. It's a film for kids, and you know that's that's ultimately where it, ultimately where it started. And I think that, that we talked about it last week. Well, I did, but I mean, Gaz was still away last week. But we talked about that. I don't know if you've seen it. The whole Freddie Prince Junior rant that he had online. I, I watched edited highlights, and I, I've listened to you guys talk about it as well, and sort of dip back again to refresh my memory. Uh, and I really like that. Because it's someone who's actually there. You yeah. know, he's at, if you like, ground zero of Star Wars. He knows what's going on. Even he's speculating wildly, which is, that's what science fiction is. All of science fiction is, oh, how does that make sense? Well, this is what I think, but then I don't know that that's right. And, you know, you get stuff disproved, you get it proved. But it gives you something to talk about other than the weather, which is what we mainly talk about. Well, I mean, it's it's not like there's anything else going on in Britain at the moment to talk about. I can't yeah, think of, I can't think of anything. subject. Oh, it's not like that. I mean, it's, the news is quiet. Dull. If anything. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that aren't dull, we are going to dig into the Rise of Skywalker final trailer in just one second. We are going to do a walk-along, watch-along. So what we're going to do, guys, we're literally going to play the trailer right here on our iPad in the studio right here, and we're just going to watch it, and we're going to stop it as we, as we, as we see things. We're going to react to it as we see things and you can do the same thing so just bring up now bring up the youtube channel star wars youtube channel fire up the rise of skywalker final trailer just get that queued up we are going to press play in just a minute but before i do that i want to give a big shout out to the patrons who make this show possible well that's not strictly true i'm fortunate enough to have a podcast studio bolted onto my office but nonetheless you guys make the second show the holocron files very very possible now the way this works is that if you're a fan of the show, you can go ahead on Patreon and you can just support the show. You can stick a quid in. You can stick a fiver in. We're going to send you some swag, some Sparker Rebellion swag. We're going to give you the chance to choose the random spotlight every single week. A couple of times a year, you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to come on the show and record something. So you can even get executive producer credit on one of the tiers. We'll send you some business cards out. And if anyone ever asks us, you are an executive producer of this show. That's serious pub bragging right so if you want to join sean pascal regina tom chris and the rest of the fantastic patrons head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion and if you want to discuss this walkthrough with us just hit us up on all the socials we're on all the socials just search for spark of rebellion we've got different usernames on each one because Can patrons the get ass. their birthdays shouted out because for a living i'm a dj this so that's brilliant. more or less what i do is I do birthday shout-outs. You know, big up Tom, it's his birthday. That's big up genius. Sally, it's his birthday. I've, I've had to draw a line when I used to work in Manchester. I had to draw a line because you'd be doing 
two and a half thousand every <laughs> hour, which wasn't great entertainment value. And I don't even know that it is great entertainment value, but still, I get a lot of mileage out of that. I like that. We, we should implement that. We should put it as a benefit on one of the tiers. Like, get your birthday out. shouted yeah. out. And uh, we sh- can we do that thing as well that radio presenters always do, which I always find am- amazing. Like, for me, Philip Schofield was the pioneer of this. Can I just say hello to my mum and dad? You just did. That's a good one. I, I mean, to be honest, I've got an awful lot of time on my hands. We could do birthday shout outs. I could drive around their house and give them a bottle of that bubbly <laughs> that you give away in places. This is like some weird hybrid between a radio show and Noel's house party. <laughs> I'm liking this idea. All right, guys, we're going to do a watch along right now. So like I said, we're going to hit play on the Rise of Skywalker final trailer on YouTube. So fire it up, get it on your screen, get the play button ready. We are going to dive in. We ready, Trev? Uh, just about. All right, yeah. let's do this. This Three. is the second time I've seen it, sir. <sighs> you can start your countdown again in a second. I'm, I'm already tense. I should go from like 20. <laughs> just really build up the 10. 20, 19. All right, guys, here we go. Three. Get your play button ready. Three, two, one. Here we go. All right. It ramps up a little bit slowly, actually, because obviously the internet... Heightens the tension. It does, yeah, the internet's obviously a pain, but it comes on quite quietly, doesn't it? And then it makes you jump. So we've got Ray running through this. It's just a little bit endory. Should we have a pause already? Like, we've All not right, done five do seconds. Let's do it. Uh, what helmet was that, do you think, that was dropped? Okay, was that the original one that Ray had on Jakku? It didn't look like an X-Wing pilot's helmet to me. It looked, uh, I mean, I've, this is that's the second time I've seen it, so I've probably seen it for less than an eighth of a second. Uh, it looked, it reminded me of the ones they were wearing on Endor, uh, the well, that, commandos. It's, that's interesting, that, because when she's running through, that was actually the first thing that popped into my mind, like, was that Endor? In the first, because she's running. That's blatantly the old Death Star, isn't it? If the, I mean, if we're in Death Star territory, Endor would make sense. You know how much has happened with the Death Star yeah. crashing into Endor and terrible. I mean, deforestation. You know, yeah, a lot big, of the workers, concerns. as we know. Yeah. So we're 18 seconds in, guys, and uh, yeah, is that Endor? Biggest question: Is that Endor? I think that's a great point. And is so when we're at 18 seconds, Ray's just made the big jump. How, is is she in the Death Star here? Do we think Death Star Two? Hmm. Um. I'm holding on judgment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's press play. Here we go. So 18 seconds in. Let's see. Who's doing the voiceover as we see Finn? I don't that, know. What did it say? I didn't catch it. It's Luke talking about feelings, I think. And then we've got a cantina with Lando and Poe. Now, here's the thing. So Rose is here. Yeah. You've obviously got... We put a stick Oh, up. like there is... Uh, what's his name? D- the Dom- Hobbit. Dominic Bornahan, yeah, as I call him. him. Yeah, you really yeah, you're not dull. a fan, are you? No, mate, don't get me started I, on this. Interesting, like, I hadn't noticed what you'd say. You know, I was like, well, you started off, because you, you went in hard. Oh, you went, like, this guy bores me. And I was bored. like, well, that's a bit brutal. And then you made some valid points. Uh, was it Charlie that he was in yes. Lost? That Charlie. He, that was an unconvincing rock star. Um, I don't think he was unconvincing in the portrayal of it. He, I just I just don't think physically, you know, I'm going, I'm sorry, mate, he's, he's like my height. Yeah. And no one, but this is why I'm a DJ. No one's going to believe me behind a guitar. He's just not got that vibe to him, no, has he? He's, no. Do you know what damaged him? The Hobbit, because you forever see him as Forever as a, a short guy, yeah. Yeah, I get uh, that. It's why I turned down the role. I understand that. I turned it down just mainly because I'm not talented enough to get cast in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, it looks like we're in some kind of resistance, or either a base or a ship. You can see the daylight. We've paused this now 31 seconds in. We can does, see I mean, daylight. that looks, colours-wise, I mean, not a lot to go on there, but uh, that looks like Corellia. You think? Um, yeah. From, well, because of the, the hues in the background? Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, the Corellia we've seen is a long time ago, mm-hmm. so you'd imagine there'd be some kind of progress made there, but, it, I mean, I'm... I'm picking things out here, but I reckon... 
That's interesting. All right, that's a, that's an interesting one. Let's just skip back for a second. So we saw we saw uh, Poe and uh, Lando in what looks to be some kind of cantina, but or is it a cantina? What is this well, up here? It's going to be on a base, isn't it? I mean that. It does look like it could be also the entrance to a Jawa Sandcrawler, which I don't see the uh, resistance travelling around in. It does. There's an entrance down um, here on the left. So again, we've, we've we've paused this now 28 seconds, so yeah. we're kind of in this three, four second gap. And you've got, interestingly, look, you've got these like Temin Wexley style old X-Wing pilot uh, uniforms in here. Yeah. And then you've got what seems to be just a rabble band of people as well. Well, that's um, the Y-Wing pilot outfit there, the yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it could just be, you know, the space guy that we saw in um, the but cantina, Mos Eisley. Yeah. There's a few of those guys uh, dipping around there. It's interesting because, yeah, you're right. It's in some kind of base. There's a giant door there. Is this, do we think this is, you know, is this these guys, you know, is part of what Lando and Poe are trying to do? Do you think, are we round, are they rounding people up? Are we rounding fighters up? Well, so there was the base um, on the salt planet whose name immediately escapes Crate. Crate, that's exactly the You're exactly right. Actually, you could have said anything there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was the base left over there and there's going to be loads of bases left from the Rebellion. So there's going to be loads of places that they could use f- for that purpose, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it, I mean, it could be anywhere then. We've got a bit of forestry. The, again, uh, Endor. But, it, I mean, that doesn't look um, like the bases that we've seen on Endor so far. It's very tight. It almost looks like Is a vessel. Mind you, I'm, the bases that we've seen on Endor, so it'd be repurposed Imperial, which mm, could be. So yeah, the back, um, not the back door, the front door of the bunker, as it were. Yeah, that could be interesting. Um, like I so said, we've got a bit of forestry and it does look very tight, but uh, all right, that's interesting. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't look like the base on Yavin. No, which it would doesn't. would be the other forest moon, um, moon with forests on it that we're familiar with. There's just not enough stone, is there? Yeah, no. Uh, well, it's clearly not in Mexico. That's how I know that. Well, you having mean, just come back from Mexico, you've been and to, and seeing you've been some to, of those temples. Yeah, you've been to all of the imperial formerly imperial bases in Mexico. Uh, well, interesting. I went to four. Uh, uh, sorry, three of the temple ruins in the area that I was in, and it was the fourth one that they shot at. Oh, obviously. So do your research before you go. I mean, they're all fantastic, absolutely amazing ruins. But yeah, just do your research. Make Lovely sure you weather. Right <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So we think maybe they're rounding up some troops. Let's crack back in. So we're 20, 28 seconds to thirty-one seconds in. We're cracking straight back through this. Let's pump the volume. This is a cool shot with what is... Um, the blockade runner. Yeah, the blockade runner just skimming the, mm. the, the, the tree drop. So we've dropped at 38 seconds in. I mean, that is really cool. Do you know what I really like about that, Trevi, is that like, Star Wars is very fantastical, but I feel like this movie in particular, for, for, for better or worse, I don't know, I've not decided yet, it's trying to make it feel a lot more gritty, which was Solo did that a little bit with the fighting and the in the trenches. I think Rogue One for me got that best yes, right, of course. Yeah, um, and I think Rogue One was Rogue One was aimed at me and you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, it's not Phantom Menace aimed at eight year olds. That was aimed squarely at us, and so the gritty nature of it was really nice. Looking at the look of this so far, because it looks a bit gritty, perhaps they're taking on some of the criticism from Last Jedi to try and make it a little bit more that way. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they've got an awful lot of people that they've got to try and please. So it's gonna still going to have to be a pretty broad brush. But I do go, yeah, that could be a little bit more, um, not fan service, but just 
just them trying a little bit, going, all right, then it won't be quite so, you know, maybe yeah. not have the irons steaming the uniforms. They're just edging it up a touch for you yeah. and I. I get that. For the guys that are going to complain about it being a kids' film when actually all we want is a bloody kids' film. Yeah, yeah. I get that totally. Right. So, 38 seconds. We're jumping into now what looks like. So we've seen it in some of the... the, the, the this is the bit that interests me most. This vehicle coming out of the sea. What is it? Um, I mean, so we're, we're in this... We've seen the shots of this and we saw some of the behind-the-scenes filming of this and the pictures that were leaking. This is when Ray and Kylo are wet through. There's some she- great... I mean, so they, the gun turret reference there is very much from um, the Attack of the Clones. The, that was the gun emplacement that they used. That's right, yeah. Uh, and likewise, um, Camino with the sea... Oh, just, I never put two and two together on that I, one. I, I'm not saying that's where I think that they are, because uh, there's somewhat going on in the background, which Looks presumably a, is the Death Star. Well, you've got that arc of the yeah. Death Star. But interestingly, that's a really good point, Trev, because later on in the in the trailer, someone, and I've, it wasn't me that noticed this, I'm not this smart, but someone online had noticed that in the background of the, of the 3PO shot at the end, there was a battle droid. And we were wondering, we just had some speculation between Kieran and I, whether or not, because the resistance is so light on the ground, Hosnian Prime's gone from The Force Awakens, blah, blah, blah. Are they trying to, are they literally saying, we need a few clones, we need a few battle droids? Repurpose battle droids, makes sense. How do we get these things? So, all right, this is badass, man, that you've put Camino in that. I think that's great, great call. It's it's really important. I don't want anybody to base any theories further on than these because I don't want people to ruin their lives going, oh, what's going to happen is the Caminos are going to come and save the day or anything like that. Too late, mate. We all, no matter what any of us say, we're all going to be wrong. Too late. No, no, no. We're on a podcast. This is like gospel, bro. <laughs> but I think, yeah. All right. So Camino is a great shout. But I think what you know, what you then, yeah, if you look at this in in the background, you've got some kind of arc there, haven't you? So again, guys, we're just at 38 looking at this first broad shot. So the cinematography here is fantastic, by the way. The, the way that they're framing these shots, I think, is great. So, right. Here we go again. So we're going to zoom in on Ray saying that no one knows her and then Kylo stepping out into the wilderness. I mean, Kylo comes out looking badass. That's just that bit there. That's, that's the first part of this trailer that I went here. There it is. Big um, time. And I, I don't like Kylo in the sense that I really do like Kylo. I, I hate him. He killed off my favourite character in fiction. And so I've vendetta against the guy. But I think he's, I think he's played brilliantly. I think he's a, a, a really modern villain. You've got conflict and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, the stuff that we eventually got with Vader, but we, you know, we've had this from the beginning. He's, he struggles, um, which is, I think it's a very modern, uh, way of storytelling that nowadays, you know, you don't just have a big bad villain turns mm-hmm. up. It's not grievous. Dun, 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 dun. It's someone comes in and he's got a lot going on and he's got a lot on his plate. So yeah, it's a little bit nuanced. I, I yeah. agree with that. So guys, we're at 49 seconds in now. Kylo's just stepped out of the spray and it's looking fantastic because I mean, Adam Drive's a weird kind of actor, you know, he's, he can play soft, he can play tough, he's got this kind of weird feel to him, but I think you're right with the nuance. What He's always reminded me of the later stages of Anakin, that kind of, he's a little bratty, he's a yeah. little kiddie, he's dealing with some stuff, mm, but he's got this kind of power that he, he, like, he's struggling, like, fuck, to handle it. And I think it's the, I think it's the hardest thing to portray that. I think there was, that's why a lot of people had issues with the prequels. It's very, very difficult to show someone who's fallen or fallen that you want to sympathise with, but you don't want to sympathise. Mm. Um, because, you know, you, 
the idea of the prequels is you're going to get an, an aspect of Anakin's life where you know he's going to go around blowing up planets and force choking people. So you can't go, what a top guy. You know, he's, he's got to have that sort of weird conflict going on. And likewise, with this guy, I want to hate him because he killed Han Solo. That's not a spoiler. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming by this point, people have seen that film. Um, but... Yeah, I, I want to hate him, and yet there is something going, is, is he going to be redeemed? What's going to happen with him in this? Yeah. It's, I think it's why we're all watching. I mean, you know, apart from the fact that it's Star Wars and they could release George Lucas Eats cereal, and I'd probably watch that. Yeah, I mean, it's I still... I would watch that. Definitely. It would make two billion, wouldn't it? Yeah, he'd it'd it'd get it in his beard, it'd be a nightmare. So, Kylo Ren, stepping out of the spray, let's hit play again. So, we're straight through now. And then we've got this new planet, or this new glacial thing... I mean, this is, so again, we're pausing now at, at 52. This is that new, this wide sweeping shot of the TIE fighters coming into this, well, I don't know, what seems to be like mm. a glacier. It's either on a moon or a planet, but it's crystal it's, clear. It's uh, Superman's base. Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, that's it. Oh, um, oh I hope it's... Ju- just is. Uh, if, it, uh, if, it, if it was, <laughs> then this would just serve all of my geek purposes all in one go. Like, if they if they it, decided it was like an, it was an un, unmarketed crossover. It's... Things like that are what keep me awake at night. So I, uh, before the release of the prequels, I had nightmares uh, about them having time travel in Star Wars. Oh, my word. Um, and them turning up on Earth and me going, no, no, what's that? Which is why I don't watch, uh, I don't do things like this and watch trailers, <laughs> particularly because I don't want to have any expectations so that if something really, truly horrible did happen, for example, uh, Princess Leia flies like Mary Poppins, I want to just go, yeah, all right, yeah, roll with it. Let's move on to the next thing, and I'll focus on how much I like that rather than how much I don't like that last thing. Into the context of the film, I get that, <laughs> rather than that, yeah, isolating. Well, this is a perfect thing for you then, yeah, isolating this, every this, moment of this it. This is going to keep me awake. And I just, oh, my God, what if it actually is Superman? That would suck. That would, that, <laughs> I would love that. I'd be like, wait a second, like now, you're all, now you're all screwed. Right, okay, but the, again, the visuals look fantastic on this. Okay, that here we go. Brilliant. Right, I mean that looks that looks like alien. We've got yeah, it? we're on Palpatine or seemingly Palpatine's throne. Fifty-five seconds in, it's a bit alien. Apparently, that's an old Ralph McQuarrie sketch um, inspiration. That's I do cool. love that they do that. You know that cool in it because a it's cool, but b it saves them work. And they saves go, well, a bit it, of brass. Come on, Ralph, you've drawn all that stuff. It was really cool. We can shoe on it in there. It's a, it's a great idea, uh, Ralph. It's, Stays on uh, paper. Kathleen, do you mind if we just borrow this thing you did 45 years ago? No, we're not going to pay you for it. Silly. Why would we do that? We would have paid you for it. Yeah, I, I, it, it looks pretty cool. Um, I, 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 there's uh, One of the things that Star Wars always does as well is reference points. You know, yeah. references other uh, great works of cinema or whatever. There's a little bit of the Iron Throne in there. Yes, there is um, actually in the design. It's, I mean, it's cool. But I feel that that's just in there because it's cool. Oh yeah, you know it's it's just like ooh, look, this is this is look at this big badass throne. Again, thing. I think that's something that they do in Star Wars. You know, the stuff yeah. that you go, well, we don't necessarily need that uh, to go back to the Gonk Droid. Yeah, that yeah. it's not going to be a worse film with the emission of the Gonk Droid, but uh, it's in there. That's just a pretty, pretty cool, cool. Being on legs. Bye, Jem. See you later, Jem. See ya, bye. That's, uh, so that, my mate Jem, who's just left, that is the longest I've ever seen her be quiet. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, have you met Jem Oh, lot? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's very opinionated. She's yeah. very lovely, but does not do sitting in a corner, not oh. talking very well. Sorry, Maybe only Jem. apart from Star Wars. If it had been Star Trek, she'd have had this mic off me nine times. Yes, you are wrong, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> but I think maybe that's it. It's just, it's the longest I've seen her not tell me I'm wrong. 
That's genius. Well, that sounds all right. That's why we get along. <laughs> right, okay. So, hitting up from what appears to be Palpatine's throne, 55 seconds in. Let's fly through. Let's take a look now what's going on. We've then got this Death Star, this star, sorry, Death Star, this bloody Star Destroyer. Emerging from, it looks like the sea, doesn't it? It looks like the sea, and then, I mean, first up, let's just discuss that for one second. It will definitely take more than one second. You've probably got time to go and make three cups of tea in the time it's going to take us to discuss that one shot. Drink them in (laughs) linear order as well. That's pretty badass. That was the first shot that got me really thinking, all right, there's something new going on now. I think think what they've been doing in the uh, new films is new things but I think a lot of them they are it's based in Star Wars because that reminded me of uh, in I want to say Izzard's Revenge Um, it's from the EU where um, there is a Star Destroyer Super Star Destroyer built into the surface of Coruscant that was used as uh, in the event it was kind of a fail safe in the event of the collapse of the Empire all the loyal subjects would go on to that live there and start working out plans for basically a guerrilla war. Uh, and then it tore out of the surface of Coruscant, annihilating, you know, hundreds of millions of people and stuff like that. And that was the thing that I saw and went, oh, yeah, that just it tearing. I mean, it's the the visual nature of it pulling out of the water. Mm-hmm. It was just, yeah, ideas that have already been planted in the EU come into fruition in the canon stuff. Um, and the thing with the First Order as well, I mean, that's pretty much describing the First Order there. You know, put the loyalists somewhere, stick them out of, you know, out of harm's way, stick them in a safe place, let them rebuild. And what's interesting me about this in, in, in particular is this idea that the First Order's one thing, you know, this kind of neo-Nazi-based group that's, that's, that's essentially from the remnants of the Empire, but is its own thing. In, you know, it's, it's much smaller than the Empire. And then where does the Empire proper fit into this? Where's Palps fit into this? Like, what's what's his deal? Does he want the First Order? Is he thinking, actually, okay, guess who's back? Yeah. I've brought my entire he, Empire back. He could back. be looking at the First Order going, that was never my Brexit. That's exactly. not what I voted for. I, I'm, this is this is not me. This is this is a compromise. We didn't get a we didn't get an emperor's vote on this. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, with trailers, because it's all just about suggest. Basically, just to get you go and watch the film. These could be um, from the viewpoint of someone saying, and that's what happened. So mm-hmm. we get a description of the um, post the death. Uh, theoretically, of Palpatine, then the collapse of the Empire, and then the resurgence of the First Order, building on, you know, the the ruins of that. So that could be a throwback. That's I'm tempted to think there will be something like that, some kind of um, exposition that just says... Yeah, I agree. This is what happened, um, you know, in the same way that we had in the last one, a more... Um, the description of Kylo uh, destroying the Jedi Academy. Yeah, and Luke obviously did the same thing. He was like, you know, when he was sat around the, the, the in the actor temple or whatever it was, and he was telling telling essentially Ray, like, yeah. ah, it's the hubris of the Jedi because X, Y, Z things happened. Yeah. It was just basically, just in case you forgot or this if you've not it, yeah. seen it. Yeah. And one thing that interests me with this as well, I think you're right there, Trev, because they've put so much of this good shit and it is really good content. Like you've got a lot of the aftermath stuff. You've got a lot of the comic stuff like the Kieran Gillen Vader stuff, Charles Sewell stuff. It's all really good new extended universe stuff, but like without a lot of it, you, th- these films could easily be terrible. Oh yeah. Um, well, all, all the, the EU works for me. I, I don't do a right lot with the EU nowadays um, because I don't want it to throw off the films. In, if if we're going to have a gap between films, then I will go back and dip more into the EU because that's how I tend to work. Um, but all of that 
it, again, it just hypes it up. And the fact that it's a legend, that makes sense to me. This, all the EU stuff is just the campfire stories mm-hmm. that people say in that universe. And yeah, you know, um, the Boba Fett first encounter in the holiday special. Yeah, this was just a story told for someone. And uh, yeah, that makes total sense because it doesn't have to be exactly what happened. It just gives you an idea of their character and what other people thought of their character. So hero does heroic things. Yeah, newsflash, that's what they are in that universe. Um, and, and I mean, uh, some of the EU stuff is really, I mean, some of it's rubbish, but some of the EU stuff is really, really good for just, it just keeps, it keeps the excitement going and it gives you the depth. And then when they make a reference to Aurora Singh getting pushed off a cliff by um, Beckett, you know, that, then you go, oh, what's yeah. that? Because I know Aurora Singh was that person who we saw briefly there, but we've not really seen much else of her apart from in Rebels, Rebels or Clan Wars. So is it might have been both, was it? I think she was in Honda. I've still got I've got one season left of Clone Wars. Oh, have you? That I am watching so slowly. <laughs> well, it's twenty minutes at a time, mate. It's a commitment. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, I'm just I'm deliberately watching slowly because then once this film's out, they don't, you know, apart from the Mandalorian, but I'll smash that. Yeah, yeah. you know, in seconds. Yeah, um, likewise. So I've got to pace myself. Because otherwise, I'm going. I'm going. I don't want to have nine months without anything. If I've got nine months, then I'm just going to buy more figures, dude. And I don't need. Should be a collector. Well, yeah, I should really <laughs> put some thought into that. I love that. All right, so kind of not juxtaposed against that. What appears to be a star destroyer, at least if not a super star destroyer, just emerging from the sea or the ground, whatever. The very next shot is. Uh, so we, again, just to recap, guys, we're at one or two here. So we've then got which seems to be, again, this kind of juxtaposition of you've got the Empire, a.k.a. the First Order, whatever, rising up, and then you've got this shot of this massive, what seems to be assembled resistance slash rebellion um, ships, this fleet, and obviously the Falcon flies into view. There's a lot of old callbacks here. There's a lot of the old shuttles that you saw um, in, I think these may be the Revenge of the Sith Age shuttles. I'm not quite I, sure on the bottom I, left. I mean, it looks like a... A ragtag hodgepodge of, you know, what, what you were saying earlier, what's left. Yeah, it you is. You know, we're going to have to scrabble around for stuff. So, happened at the end of uh, Last Jedi when they were on those surface skimmers that were, you know, terrible machines. They were knackered, yeah. And that, that looks reminiscent of that. I mean, Fleet is possibly overselling it because it's it definitely just, looks... just an elastic band around a few yeah. people, isn't it? But one cool thing is this one. So if you to the to the right hand side of the dish on the Millennium Falcon again, guys, one or two we're at at the minute. That is the ghost, apparently. Excellent. Rebels. Yes. And if you look at yes, the shape it of it, that's yeah, the ghost. Definitely. Now, because I recognise this here. Yes, but that, I can't tell you what it is. It's not a hammerhead, is it? On the left hand side. Cover, yeah. It, mm, I, I, don't, this, I don't recognise the... Is it a view screen on it? Well, that's what got me, that little yellow screen. Yeah. I don't know if it's a screen or painting. So then you've got... A, if we come back into almost the centre where the old escape pod on the Falcon was, if you look above that, kind of to the left, that looks like one of the bombers from The Last Jedi. Yeah. So you've kind of got, like you said, this absolute hodgepodge. And how many did they have left? Did they have one left Was it at the one? End of yeah, that, wasn't it? So again, that would make sense. So this is a pretty cool little setup. I'm sure there's some U-wings and stuff in there, but that is that is... Apparently, the ghost, which leads me to a pile more questions. Now look, if that, that down there looks like one of the ARC transporters from Attack of the Clones, yeah. it does. So, guys, when we I mean, looking, you could look at this forever and still not see it all. It's so vast. It's, that's actually really good. And look, what well, there's a, actually, we're getting deep into this, dude. So, right underneath the gun turret of the Millennium Falcon, come down to the bottom, 102. 
uh, one minute, two seconds in, there is, uh, I think you're absolutely right, it looks very much like one of the transporters, but then if you come right over to underneath the ghost, underneath the right corner of the Falcon, that looks like an old Jedi cruiser. It's I'm, I'm going to have to come over. Are you coming round? Look at that, it's red. Well, you have turned me all around on this. Uh, that, at that first glance, I thought that was um, something that looked a bit cloud city. Um, oh, fair play. But, you are, yeah, that is that is definitely a Jedi Starfighter. Uh, well, it's as definite as I'm prepared to say. It is. It <laughs> just wants the hyperspace ring yeah. around it. Yeah. Yeah, but good spot. Oh, you could oh, you could just look at it forever, couldn't you? Oh, this is awesome. All right, guys, we're going to move on, but this is 102. Uh, Millennium Falcon has the uh, round dish back. Oh, it does. What's it, going on there? This looks a little bigger than normal as mm. well. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know what that is, don't you? Chewie's after game Sky Sports. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> he's got a deal. Yeah, seems reasonable. New customers only. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's carry on. Let's carry on. So we're one minute, two seconds in. We've just seen the Falcon fly in front of the hodgepodge fleet of what we think are resistance fighters. Here we go. We've got then Chewie and then a fight back on what appears to be a Camino. Is that's that... the Death Star in the sea. Yeah, that's definitely. All right. Now this bit here, we're on to... 3PO. Ed, my friend, you Because right. that bit there is the... I'm done the, it. it. I mean, it's a bit choking up. Um, the I, the language that 3PO uses, the one last look at my friends I really like, because it's very much like the closing lines of most episodes of Droids. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of Droids cartoon, it was Saturday morning kids cartoon i remember that it was yeah. amazing um and it, it's quite enough but it's quite good and uh at the end of ev- more or less every episode there would be a kind of moral like um, he-man yeah very much so uh or jerry springer and um <laughs> Look after yourself and each other <laughs> and, and an awful lot of them were one thing i've discovered is nothing is more important than good friends i mean i, I feel like that was the end of every single episode of droids it wasn't i think it was <laughs> but uh that that one last look at my friends is that's C-3PO. That's deep C-3PO yeah. for me. Um, I'd, yeah, and it is a bit, oh God. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a touch. The, 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 the two things that interest me with that one is, obviously, everything that you've just said about the portrayal and obviously it being the end of the chapter, it feels like it's very well placed. But in the trailer, it's very well placed. It looks as if as well. So there's a couple of little things. Number one, um, we've seen the pictures of the red-eyed um, 3PO. In the, I have not seen this. Ah, so it was, this was 3PO with the red eyes looking like he was sort of an evil oh, dark right. side version. Everyone's like, is he a dark side version? In the comics, in the, I think in the Vader comics, where Dr. Aphra, so from the new canon universe, Dr. Aphra has got this droid called Triple Zero, so it's basically C-3PO, but f- but works for the Empire. And oh, right. Yeah, I've seen that. Right, I have seen a picture of that, yeah. It's basically C-3PO. He's a little bit dark and he's got red eyes. So I'm wondering, is this, because he's getting rewired... Is this some kind of undercover kamikaze mission? Is he is he trying to take on some kind of form, knowing that he's not going to come back? He's got to open a door, take a shield down. He's got to, you know, is that what... Are, are we finally... Mm. And this was... Uh, I had a chat with my, my friend Chris Ducker on, on uh, Twitter about this. Is this finally 3PO becoming the hero of the story? It, I mean, I think what they do with trailers is you get lines that then often don't even appear in the films uh, and you get misdirection, but... The the idea it feels like that that line's been put in to make you feel all of those things because that's what this is meant to be. It's mm-hmm. the end of this saga. It, 
it could be one of those things that in context is com- is wildly different. Um, you know, because I mean, I'm going, is that it? Are they going to kill off the EPO? Because that would, I, I can't see what else can happen. But then we know so many times it turns up in a film and it goes, oh, he's just getting some new eyes. Yeah. yeah and it's, and it's a droid, isn't it? So to like, to really kill him off, you'd have to really obliterate him. Um, but equally, I mean, like your idea that he could be, you know, going undercover, it's a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think 3PO would by now volunteer for that type of thing. You know, the, the C-3P of the droids where he's always running in the wrong direction. I think he's now more, you know, he still hates space travel and all those kind of things, but I do think he's, if a droid can develop character, which we've obviously seen over the course of you know, 13 films, that he's, he's there. You know, he's, he's ste- I could see him stepping up to that. Yeah, I um, hear you on that one. I, and I could see him going, yeah, well, I'll take this one for the team. Yeah, this is the only, you know, I'm the only guy that yeah. can do it because I look like this or I've got these skills. But they place this very particularly in the trailer. I mean, this is great editing and great trailer design. So 128 in, guys. We've paused it just as the words this Christmas come in. So you kind of come off the back of taking one last look and you're like, all right, and my friends, all right, 3PO, we get it, calm down. But then it switches into Christmas mode. Big John Williams score, which the score on this, like... It comes, like I said, with the trailer design. They've put that at my friend's line just at the point where the big, bombastic, emotional version of the Star Wars main theme The DJs, we call that the drop. The drop. The drop. (laughs) That's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know all about that. Um, But they they switch it right through. So then they put the word Christmas in, which obviously that's there for a reason. It makes you get the feels. Then we see people running. Poe, very quick shots between Leah and Ray. Tears. This looks very much Tatooine. Mm. So we've got, we just stopped it again at 138 where we've got Finn and Poe on like a land speeder. That looks a bit Tatooine. It does with the, what looked like could be uh, evaporators or uh, markers for like the pod race. Absolutely. That's what got me the pod. I thought that was pod race as well. I agree. Totally. Because the mountainous regions look a lot less like Jakku. It looks much more, does does feel Tatooine, doesn't it? So we're progressing through. We've got a lot of fast shots now. Lando in this Falcon. We've got... Is that you? Uh, why are we? Why, why are we? And then they're riding horses <laughs> on a Star Destroyer. <laughs> if ever you've wanted uh, a piece of music to kick in, Muse, Knights of Sidonia. Which, yeah, the idea of it was meant to be someone galloping a horse across the surface of the moon. That right there, Knights of Sidonia. In it. Oh, I used to love that. No one's gonna take me alive. <laughs> That, I, oh, I used to love that on Guitar Hero. Oh, my word. Anyway, the um, but the, the score that they put over that, like this this whole next 45 seconds, 30 seconds, it's that down, down, and it's very, I think Williams has scored this in such a way that it feels such a, it's such an emotional sucker mm. punch. The chord progressions, the phrasing of it all is different to the normal Star Wars march, and the way that they've phrased some of the modulations in the keys, like that's the stuff that just really... Like that's pulling your hairs up on the back of your neck stuff. Um, and then, just now, at one forty nine, we enter the throne room on the Death Star 2. That's yeah. definitely the throne yeah, room, isn't yeah. it? I, I can't see what else it'd be. I um, mean, you've got it all. Yeah. It's there. It's there. Which, you know, questions have to be asked. I'm not sure that it survives that intact from the explosion, but I'm f- prepared to suspend disbelief. I mean, there's um, a lot of glass still intact, isn't there? Yeah. You've got to think that's the first thing that's going. I mean, obviously in space, minimal double glazing. Yeah, don't um, So probably I mean, atmospheric burn up 
and things like that. You know, I would expect my barracks windows would probably survive <laughs> a cup, one, one atmospheric re-entry, I think. They're not going to be aerated, aerated energy efficient, though, are they? Let's be honest, Palpatine's got money to burn. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Right, we're in play again at 149, guys. We've got Kylo and Ray, who bring in back um, a, a lot of the kind of symmetry, which we know Lucas and the Lucasfilm story group enjoys. Um, my worry with this is that because this throne room's here and Palpatine's back, like, does that does that undo, and this is not, uh, it's not spoilery, it's just conjecture, but does it undo some of the, 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 the sentimentality of Vader betraying in favour of his son? Does it, you know, if this is back, if Palpatine's back, that big grand gesture that Vader put out at the end of Jedi. So right here is the exact reason why I don't watch these trailers. Oh. Because this is, because I, because if I had a worry, my worry is that, oh, Palpatine somehow survived on the Death Star, did he? Which I go, that's just mental, yeah? <laughs> uh, because if anybody survived falling down a big hole, it's Han Solo. You know, we've not seen the body, and generally speaking, in film, if you don't see the body, if you don't double tap them or put the stake through the heart, they're still going to come Y'all back. Y'all ain't they? dead. Um, and, but I don't, I, you know, it's not going to ruin it if that's what the case is. If he turns up, then that's that's what it is, because I, me being annoyed about it is not going to make any difference whatsoever. But I'm trying not to dwell on it because I just go, <laughs> I just want to go in and see what happens. Because the way they explain it will be much better than what weird convoluted way that I come up with. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he fell into a, a dinghy, did he? And then it somehow rode on the flames and that was fine. You know, uh, it, it, I, I, he, he could be there physically. He and you, could. You completely know that like these guys will explain it in a sim- far simpler yeah. way. And it will be far better, like yeah. you said. It's like these guys, you know, this is what they do for a living. Abrams in particular. You suspend disbelief and then get told a story, which is what going and watching a film is about, and go, oh, right, yeah, great. So I, I don't want to, t- you know, make up my mind on that. I'm deliberately trying to stay ambiguous because if I make up my mind, that's going to happen then some level will be disappointed. Yeah, no matter, I get that. No matter what. That was like The Last Jedi's entire problem, wasn't it? It was, it was uh, the whole I, thing. Well, because I spent so much time. I didn't like it on the first watch. I uh, was the same. And then, then went back and did like it and then have increasingly liked it more and more. It's not without its problems, but then there is no Star Wars film. Anybody who tells you any of the Star Wars films without the problems is just a liar. It's not deluded. They are just wrong. You know, the cave scene in Empire Strikes Back get off my screen. That's just nonsense. <laughs> oh, well, that's what it means. So, you know, when she's clicking her fingers and it's echoing along, you take all that and you go, all right, yeah, it, there's some sort of symbology in there that I don't maybe get. Fine. Tell me the story. Um, what I did, I mean, I thought was really ambitious with uh, Last Jedi is that it was more or less, you know, the idea of um, Force Awakens was essentially a new hope. Fair enough, if you think that. Last Jedi was essentially Empire and Return of the Jedi, there was moments in that where I'm going, what they're going to do with the third film here? Because he's done in Snoke. Great, where's it going? And I think this, you know, I'm what I, I'm saying. I don't want to say what I hope is happening. What I think it's going to be is the Force Ghost of Palpatine. I agree. Uh, and I think he's going to be trying to manipulate things to his ends, and we're going to see whether or not he'll be successful. And I'm also, if I've got a hope, it will be that we'll then get some more wild Force Ghost action. I don't particularly want to see Luke Skywalker as a Force Ghost. I thought his ending was perfect. I absolutely loved that. I want to see a bit more Obi-Wan. I want to see Obi-Wan. We all want to see Obi-Wan. We were talking about it in the um, oh, couple of episodes ago about love it. the uh, he's the chosen one. I, I'm not ruling that out whatsoever. I'm like, yeah, he's... Because he's the best. He's so he's just, badass. Uh, we all want to see... And 
And then, from a Disney business point of view, which everybody bangs on about, yeah, surprise, surprise, a big company wants to make some money. That's entirely all right. Without them doing it, we wouldn't have the films. From a Disney point of view, that suddenly puts so much more interest in the Obi-Wan film, and there's already a vast amount of that, or the Obi-Wan TV series, or the Obi-Wan, you name it. Mm-hmm. If he comes back and is a major player in this, bang, it's... That's the magic money tree that I've heard so much about. <laughs> I agree. I wish we had one of those. But, uh, you know, I think you're right with that. I think certainly, you know, the idea of pulling in Anakin, I'm fairly sure Anakin is going to show up in this some in some way, shape or form. And I think that the, the, the um, again, that kind of symmetry between Luke and uh, Luke and Kenobi and Anakin and Kenobi and, and, and Rey and Luke. And I just feel like that's all going to come to fruition. And, and, you're absolutely right. We've said, so Gaz and I were talking about this a while ago. Like, if you are marketing X property, why would you just not throw something into your biggest marketing tool, which is essentially a $2 billion movie that everyone on the planet that has got any interest in pop culture is going to see? You would instantly sell your four fifty five quid subscriptions to Disney Plus. Um, you can, so, you yeah, can see agree. it in, uh, interestingly, the world, of, well, interestingly to me, in the world of vintage collecting. You can see it when a f- character is referenced. So in Rogue One, mm-hmm. the there was a pass through, uh, pass by shot of the Death Star droid, mm. and I went, "I'm going to buy some Death Star droids." And the price overnight, Mollus doubled, uh, because and it was a lot of people like me buying them so that I can sell a few more later when they, because suddenly kids are going to start being interested in all that kind of stuff. But also people like me going, "I think I might just build myself an army of those and all kinds of things." And you could just see, I mean, maybe doubled is overkill on it but it, it really I mean over a f- the course of two weeks you could go you wow. could pick them up for sort of four quid and then they were like eight nine quid and good ones like 20 quid a figure wow dude wow all there right ain't, there ain't many good ones left let's get Obi-Wan I've got them all yeah I've got them all I've got them all for four quid each <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah I think Obi-Wan is going to make an appearance in this right so 149 in we are diving in so we're in the throne room we're going to hit play again Finn Darth Vader's helmet getting obliterated. Ah, that's what that is. That is Vader's helmet. Then this huge fleet, this star fleet. And then the Emperor himself uh, appears to be... This is interesting, this, Trev. So let's just try and bring this back a little bit. So we've paused this at 202, and we're just going to take it back to... Are you going to say it looks like him in the flesh? Because, I mean, on the first watch through... I thought it looked like him in the flesh. I, I, I'm I, just kind of going to say more along the lines of the fact that they've left it so you can't see his face for a reason. Oh, right, yeah. Like, yeah no, that's fair enough. Yeah. Is it a ghost? I mean, he's, he's, what, he, mm. apart from sitting on logs to talk to Luke, Force Ghost, and, and you know, the Force Ghosts yeah. don't need to sit down. Why is he well, why down? are they always wearing the same old clothes? I'm a Force right. ghost. I'm coming back wearing stuff I always wanted to wear. Yeah, I'll get down yeah. a Force TK yeah. Max. I always fancied wearing one of those things. <laughs> I'm going to wear I'm going to wear, wear a Yana, cravat. You know those goth jackets that people <laughs> wear? I always thought I would look like a knobhead in one of those. But I'm dead, so I'm going to give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? And I mean, I mean, how? I mean, also, that would be like the most goth thing ever. A dead person wearing a big, long That's almost too jacket. predictable, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah, almost right. like... You, but, like all right, well, I'll have it in pink leather. Done. <laughs> So I'm, I'm taking a risk. Um, I may be Palpatine. No, he's a big risk taker. His entire backstory is gambling and manipulating and all these Machiavellian schemes. So maybe, yeah, I, I, I could see him going, you know what? You know what? I'd throw them if I rolled, if I rolled up in a pink robe. 
Unlimited pink robe. Look at how look at how happy he is. This guy. Maybe he's not so bad. Maybe we've do- oh, he's killed me. We got this wrong. Sure, he lost a Death Star or two, but look how he dresses. This guy's snapping. snapping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got Palps seeming to be Palps, and he's you know the laugh is over over this um ent- sorry not the laugh but the voice is yeah. over this entire scene with Ray so we're in at 159 now he's in the throne he seems to be moving forward like some kind of um um is it metron from the DC universe like he seems to be moving towards her in this throne like uh, yeah like, yeah jerking and jerking forward slightly. yeah is he you know something happened to his legs i don't know ah uh, yeah the old the old Darth Maul yeah <laughs> give him robot legs happened again and then we switch out so we pick play up again the Force will be with you always from Luke and then Leia. Delivered by, obviously, Mark Hamill and uh, Carrie Fisher. We we thought that was maybe Anakin saying always, uh, but it's obviously when you re-listen to it four or five times, that's blatantly Leia. I I, I don't think I will re-listen to it four or five times. I know you'll uh, not. That'd keep uh, you up. This, this will set me for... I'll be good for a month and then I'll re- re-watch. <laughs> um, and then I do my... Watch the uh, two episodes before before I go to the cinema. Good man. Um, but yeah, I so I, I've actually really enjoyed pouring over this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I, I don't do this kind of thing. I hope it doesn't um, keep you up. Though I'm worried about that tonight. I, now I, there's, I've, there's an awful lot of things keep me up. Um, so yeah, this will just go on. List. <laughs> well, that's all right. Uh, then, as long as it's not top. <laughs> and we've just uh, we've actually just wrapped that. There is on the Star Wars trailer itself. There's another minute or two of other stuff. Um, that comes in, but we've essentially reached the end of the yes. trailer. Um, what is after this? Yeah, it is. It's like the Fandango stuff, I bet, isn't it? Like all the trailer. Uh, yeah, get your tickets. And- oh, see, I didn't see any of those. Oh, and then it's subscribe to um, yeah, yeah, Doodah. Yeah. And then all that kind then, of guff. Yeah. Well, that's all right. So, I mean, that was... That was pretty badass, though, all in. I very much like it. I There hasn't been a trailer... I've not liked. I, I don't think I've seen... Uh, there's probably been an outside of Star Wars because I do occasionally watch things that aren't Star Wars. I think I can maybe think of two trailers that I've not gone, mm, that looks good. Um, the Last Showman. And so I was clearly proven wrong. I've never seen it. It looked just the worst thing in the world and I think they did all right with it. I've not but, seen the movie yet, but I'm, I've stayed away from it because to me it feels like the worst thing in the world. I've heard the tunes though. And, oh, don't um, get me started. But then, I mean, they are, they're adverts for a film. I think it, it does it fantastically. It gets people like me and you talking about it. The uh, collectors groups um, that I'm on went mental, as you would. There's the usual dissenting voices. Well, everything that came out after the middle of Empire Strikes Back has been rubbish anyway. Uh, and then there's the people like me who everything that came out ever is the best thing ever. And, you know, never the twain shall make because we, we're not going to agree, agree on those things. Um, but that's, it's, it's exactly what you expect of a Star Wars trailer. It comes out, oh my God. There are the same people, I think, making the same mistakes, going, this is just going to be the best thing ever. People that I read a year ago, whatever, going, I will never, ever watch anything else. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, Bada, Agenda, Disney, all that stuff. And they're already going, no, this, this is going to be the one. I think that's what people do. It's, I mean, the online community anyway is just, we like to talk about stuff, don't we? It gets a bit nuts, doesn't it? And people, I do think people get it up a lot more about uh, about Star Wars than they do about a lot of other stuff because it's that pan-generational setup. You know, we've talked about it a, a while ago. If it, I mean, you know, if you've got a gonk droid tattooed on your arm, then you do take these things pretty seriously. Um, but again, with online, people like to discuss stuff. People like to hit, I mean, you know, there's a market for this. This is two people talking about what they think about a trailer of a film that's not even out yet. And people listen to it. And it's, I mean, it's mad. I find it, yeah, I'm a bit of a, an old geezer sometimes and go, 
what are we doing with our lives? But then it is brilliant because you get that excitement. I've sat here and chatted to, I mean, how long have we been here? And I've been excited for the entire time about a film that I'm already excited about. I can't think of how I could get more excited, but I'm pretty sure I'll work out a way. <laughs> That's the beauty of Star Wars and everything that, <laughs> everything that goes with that. I think it's one of those things where it just it just brings out every part of us. It brings out the childishness. It brings out the excitement. It brings out the grown-up because we're like, yeah, but if I was building this and business decisions, Obi-Wan. So it, like, it brings out every, every version of us comes out in a two-and-a-half-minute bloody Star Wars trailer. Um, <laughs> so this is pretty sweet. Now, guys, listen, this has been a, a very interesting and very fun episode. I've loved this, man. I think I've this has been fantastic. It. Thank you very much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. It's a real pleasure. Are you going to come and do my quiz? Of course I will. That would be lovely. Mondays at the uh, Beer Keller, original Beer Keller in Sheffield, there is always a Star Star Wars question. Right. Every in, single Monday. And I like a BLK. Until Keller. they fire me in three weeks' time. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay, we'll better get up there this no, week, well, too. It's like they, <laughs> they say things like, you're not concentrating on your job enough and you're going and doing podcasts about Star Wars trailers. Come on, pull your socks up. Have a word with yourself, BLK. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll come up there. Guys, check it out. Now, DJ Trev, if people are going to want to interact on the old Twitter and so on and so forth, got any old any of the old social profiles? So, at DJ Trev on Twitter, at DJ Trev on Instagram. Uh, it's Trevor A. Broadbank on Facebook because they won't let you have fancy names on there anymore. Um, Facebook's mainly me spouting politics to be honest I'd, I'd avoid that um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm on all of those uh, I am on Mixcloud as well uh, at DJ Tre- uh, Mixcloud.com forward slash DJ Trev UK and sometime this decade I'm going to move a load of things over to Soundcloud as well so people can hear mixes there that sounds like a plan well thank you my man this has been, been an absolute fantastic. pleasure I've loved it mate now listen up thank you all as always for joining us it's a real pleasure we enjoy doing what we do and it's uh, I mean this is not working is it we're just very fortunate to be able to podcast our way through our days. So, thank you as ever to our patrons. If you want to become a part of the Spark Rebellion tribe, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Spark Rebellion. And of course, you can find us on all of the socials. DJ, at DJ Trav on Instagram and Twitter is probably where we'll do most of the chatting. Back up. Hey, he's back. <laughs> at DJ Trev UK. DJ Trev UK. DJ Trev. Yeah, you did. I've just done so much promo work for that bloke in America who's called Trevor. And this is DJ. amazing. So it's I'm DJ Trev UK. At DJ Trev UK. He's back. I'm, I'm so glad you were paying attention. This is outstanding. <laughs> I love this. At DJ Trev UK. It is, it is up on any of the Spark Rebellion channels. That sounds like a plan. Until the next time, may the force be with you always. Always.